Radio. The Journey with Dave and Dodsey, an initiative of the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong and Pulse 94.1. It's now time for The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. G'day listeners, welcome to The Journey. I'm Dodsey. And I'm Dave. Great to see you once again, Grant. Mate, the feeling's mutual. We've got a great show lined up for you this week, and Grant's going to tell you all about it. Mate, it's going to be a ripper, Dave. There's great music, inputs from our regular guests, with all of these life-giving tips that The Journey's famous for. Dave, how's your week been, mate? Well, Grant, I was actually very lucky. I attended the Men Alive seminar, Mm -hmm. and it was held on a Saturday. Robert Falzon was the main speaker, and I tell you what, was one of probably the most informative and emotional seminars I've ever attended. I absolutely loved it. I got to speak with Robert one-on-one after the seminar, recorded a brief interview, and that's coming up in the next couple of weeks on the journey. No way. It was great. That's terrific stuff, mate. Well, I can't match that, but I'll tell you what, we have listeners from all over the age spectrum. I had this kid in year five today, cheeky little boy, come up to me and he said to me, Hey, Dodsy, where's Dave? <laughs> I said, hey, he's over there, mate. Anyway, then he goes on to say, have yourselves a great week. You know, and I'm laughing and everything, but clearly then I send him to the principal. Uh, but, you know, the point is, this guy, 11-year-old, he's listening to The Journey. Isn't that great? Terrific, isn't it? Great way to relay the message as well through that story, Grant. Mm. Look, enough about me, mate. Tell us about some special stuff in the show this week. Well, Dodsey, all of our regular contributors will be having something to say, which is great. And amongst that will be an interview that our producer Jude Hennessy did with Bishop Peter Ingham from the Diocese of Wollongong and Chair of the Australian Catholic Media Council. Well, anyway, let's get into it. First up, here's Father Richard Healy with this week's Gospel Reflection, and that'll be followed by Hillsong with Relentless. Ah, faith, hope, love and life. You're on the journey. Here's this week's Reflection on the Gospel. The Gospel for this Sunday continues with Jesus claiming an incredible authority over the reverenced law of Moses that was the absolute bedrock of the Jewish people. We read from the end of Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 48. First, we begin with the overturning of the eye for an eye law, called the law of proportionality. In a seemingly bizarre twist, Jesus calls his disciples to go way beyond this law's requirements. Jesus offers a a new sort of justice, a creative, healing, restorative justice. The old justice found in the Bible was designed to prevent revenge running away with itself. Better an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth than an escalating feud with each side going one worse than the other. But Jesus goes one better still. Better to have no vengeance at all, but rather a creative way forward, reflecting the astonishingly patient love of God himself, who wants Israel to shine his light into the world so that all people will see that he is the one true God and that his deepest nature is overflowing love. So Jesus gives hints of the sort of thing he has in mind. For example, to be struck on the right cheek in that world almost certainly meant being hit with the back of the right hand. That's not just violence, but an insult. It implies that you're an inferior, perhaps a slave or a child. What's the answer? Hitting back only keeps the evil in circulation. Offering the other cheek implies, hit me again if you like, but now as an equal, not an inferior. The other examples and this are only little sketches like cartoons to give you an idea. Whatever situation you're in, you need to think it through for yourself. What would it mean to reflect God's generous love despite the pressure and provocation, despite your own anger and frustration? In all this, we need to keep looking at Jesus. He demonstrates in his own life how to do this, how to live a life that is perfect because he calls us to life with the Father. If we stay close to him, then everything else will follow. 
grace and peace. This is Father Rick Healy from St. Paul's in Camden. The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. On a Wednesday night, a few of us at the Abbey play a game called Rummy Cub. It's wonderful. And the best part is the conversation and the laughter that always happens around it. So often, someone will say something that reminds us of a particular song. And when one spontaneously bursts into that song, the rest of us get it and join in. Whenever that happens to me, I know that in my head, I can hear a full orchestra going along with my voice. I can even hear a choir in the background. Always, 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 it has the full deal. Now the others don't hear it. All they hear is my voice and their own. You know, I think God is a little different. I thought of the many times that God listens to me. I think he is just hearing my voice. I think I don't explain every detail, and if I don't explain every detail, he won't get it. He'll miss out on the finer points of my great monologue, and at times the intricacies of my request. And yet the truth is that when we speak to God, he hears the full orchestra, he hears the choir backing of all the voices and experiences that have led me to the present dialogue. He doesn't miss a beat. He always gets it. And for him, it's a song like no other. And furthermore, I think that that song is incredibly beautiful to the heart of the Father. After all, the voice and the song of the person that we love is different to all others, precious, cherished. This week, when you go to tell God something, just remember, it's not a solo voice he's hearing. It's everything to do with you that he's not only hearing, but that he's listening to with great love. Welcome back to The Journey. We just heard from Sister Hilda from the beautiful Jamboree Abbey with a great message, how God is so interested in everything we have to share with him in prayer. She's awesome. I absolutely love having her on the show every week. Anyway, Dodsey, how's the chaplaincy gig going for you, mate? Mate, I'm loving it. It's more of a vocation than a job. You know, we've got all these brand new people that have come on board. These schools are loving the pastoral support workers coming into the school and the kids are absolutely lapping up this new knowledge of God and they're able to not just soak it up but pass it on to others and live it through their lives. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. I've experienced nature to be a wonderful evangelist. It speaks in its own unique language, something of the glory of God. A few years ago, I climbed Mount Kosciuszko. When we finally reached the top, I was touched by a silence I had never experienced before. Nor have I experienced it since. It was as if the whole of creation was holding its breath, awaiting the coming of the Lord, who was to bound across the mountaintops. What it spoke to me of was the fact that silence often precedes the coming of the Lord. And the importance of creating that space 
in order to ready myself to receive God. I believe nature is one of God's first evangelists, and we can learn a lot about ourselves and our Creator by soaking in this gift and allowing God to reveal Himself in and through this gift. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Now, as promised, here's a little interview our producer Jude Hennessy did with Bishop Peter Ingham. A very warm welcome to Bishop Peter Ingham for his first session back on the journey for 2014. It's great to have you in the studio. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Jude, and great to hear from you. And how was your, your Christmas and, and New Year period? Did you have a, a good break? We, we did. Uh, Christmas is always a wonderful time, and it's a great a high time for Christians when we celebrate the, the Word made flesh and mm. Jesus coming into our world. And uh, I love that week between Christmas and New Year. It's a great time when mm. we, we can really depth what it means that Jesus came amongst us to become our Saviour. Bishop Peter, I know you uh, love a game of golf. How you been hitting them? Oh, not too bad. Um, straight up the middle when I hit off, my big problem is trying to putt. I can get to the green in probably two or three on a par five, but mm-hmm. then I might take another four to get it into the hole. <laughs> Drive for show, putt for no. It's the hard part That's of the right. game, isn't oh, it? Hard yes. part of the game. Bishop Peter, in, in uh, January you had a, a massive event in your diocese, um, which was the, the National Liturgy Conference. Can you tell listeners what the, the conference was all about and how it went? It was 50 years on the 3rd of December last year mm. since the um, Second Vatican Council promulgated the decree on the liturgy, which mm. is our way of worship. And that had significant effects for Catholics in those days because that's when we went from Latin to celebrating in the vernacular. Mm. And, so, and also a broader um, uh, expansion of the reading of Scripture, yeah. three readings at Mass instead of two, yep. and a cycle of readings yeah. through the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Gospels. And so, um, you know, that's been a, a very big event for us. And yeah. so, 50 years on, we were celebrating the fact of this and where it's led us, and how to not lose sight of the um, importance of worship which is a way in which we can give glory and praise to God. We can ask for our needs and the needs of others. We can give thanks for so many blessings we often take for granted. During this conference, 600 people came from all over Australia and from New Zealand as well. And um, we had a a very fine um, American uh, presenter called uh, Michael Jonkus. Mm -hmm. He's a priest uh, who's written a lot of religious music and he's a scripture scholar and theologian and um, his he was brilliant in mm. his uh, presentations uh, Archbishop Coleridge from Brisbane and uh, and Louise Campbell from New Zealand and the, the lovely thing was people went home mm. happy yeah, I, I was yeah. delighted and not only that a lot of people had never been to Wollongong yeah, so yeah. I believe we did a lot for tourism in this part of the world because yeah. they thought this was a very attractive place to come to well they're right the best part of the world. Now, Bishop Peter, we've got some funny words sometimes to describe the things that happen in church world and church season, and and Lent is one of those words. Can you explain for listeners, in a nutshell, what's Lent all about? Well, it's really the 40-day period before Easter. Yeah. And so it's a preparation for Easter. And the word Lent comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, Lenten, Mm. meaning spring. 
course, we're on the opposite side of the of the globe here, yeah, so yeah. for us it's autumn. Yeah. But uh, during Lent, we begin with Ash Wednesday, where we um, are signed with ashes on our forehead as a sign of repentance. Yeah. Sackcloth and ashes was often a, a way in which uh, people showed that they were penitent. Yeah. And so that helps us to enter into this this season mm-hmm. of prayer and, and penance and self-denial in order to humble ourselves before the Lord mm-hmm. and listen to the Word of God so that we can then be prepared. Bishop, one of the things that's connected with Lent, certainly I remember from my childhood, is this notion of almsgiving. Can you tell us what that's all about? Yes, part of entering into a penitential season, mm-hmm. prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Right. The idea is that through the Lenten sacrifices we make, we give the proceeds to Project Compassion, which is enabling self-help projects to happen in developing countries. So not just, you know, if you give a person a fish, he eats for a day. Mm. If you teach them how to fish, they can then keep feeding themselves. Mm. It's the self-help projects that are really positive to the development of people's. Well, thanks for that. And, and they're obviously the, the three ingredients of Lent again. So you said prayer, almsgiving and fasting are the critical parts of it. And, and I know a, a good, good mate of yours, Warwick Marsh, is pushing very much around Australia and across a whole lot of churches. Churches are coming together for this, this period of 40 days of prayer and fasting, which is obviously part of that Lenten season, which is, which is a wonderful witness and a, and a real strength of, of our faith. And it's great to see other churches taking up this, this, this practice. Mm and preparing for the very high time for Christians, Easter. Yeah, allows, allows real movement of grace. Bishop Peter, I'm just going to move to a, another facet of your role now. I know obviously you're the Bishop of Wollongong, but another key role that you've got is is with the ACBC, and specifically I know that you chair the, the Catholic Media Council. Can you tell us a little bit about that role, and, and I suppose what you're hoping for from this program, The Journey, in, in not only getting Catholics listening to Christian radio, but helping the Catholic Church contribute more broadly to, to Christian broadcasting? Absolutely. The ACBC is, of course, the Australian Catholic Bishops' Conference. and We're all on various committees, and one of the committees that I chair, as you said, is the Catholic Media Council, Mm. and uh, that has representatives who are involved in Catholic media in uh, around the country, and um, they uh, produce newspapers in their dioceses. Uh, they do film reviews on the Bishops' Conference website. You mm. could look up and, and see a review of a film yeah. that you might want to watch, yeah, that's uh, and that's very very practical. Mm. And uh, but uh, also, what we're doing here with this program journey is another example of trying to use the modern day media in order to promote the Christian message mm. and to evangelise. Well, Bishop Peter, as we head into another year of the journey in 2014, can we can we rely on hearing from you fairly regularly? Oh, absolutely, Jude. Uh, particularly, I, I, I'm hoping to do some gospel messages for you, Great. as well as um, being available for discussions like this yeah. and, and yeah. any way in which I can be helpful and hopefully uh, give some ideas that might be helpful to, to people. Great. Bishop Peter, thanks very much for joining us today on The Journey. God bless you and bless your listeners. Wow, gotta love Bishop Peter. Had some really good things to say about Lent and what it means to prepare ourselves for Easter. And he has some pretty high hopes for this radio program too. You feeling the pressure a bit, Dodsy? None at all, mate. Having too much fun on the journey to be feeling (laughs) any pressure, my friend. Coming up, we'll hear from Pete Gilmore in his Living the Gospel segment. Faith, hope, love and life. You're on the journey. 
Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. There's that story in the gospel where Jesus turned over a bunch of tables in the temple. People were able to make a tidy profit selling animals for sacrifice right there in the temple. Think of the convenience. Well, Jesus wasn't a fan and by all accounts he made a decent mess of their trade. This wasn't what the temple of God was meant to be used for. For us as Christians, we believe that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and that Jesus lives in us. Our lives, then, are the temple of God. Sometimes we have everything placed in our lives exactly how we like it, the good things and the bad things all nicely lined up, just where we put them. The question for us, then, is if Jesus were to come visit our temple, like he did in the Gospel, which tables would he upend? Which things, which tables would he say, well, this has no place in your life, Pete. This thing that you've gotten so used to, you don't need it. If the Holy Spirit lives in us, if Jesus lives in us, then we are called to holiness. Maybe your temple just needs a, a dusting and, and maybe it needs a makeover. Let's take some time to do some temple maintenance this week. God bless. You're listening to The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. Hi, we're Francine and Byron Parola from smartloving.org. Requesting forgiveness. For many people, this is actually the hardest part of an apology because it requires complete vulnerability and surrender of all power to the offended person. When we ask for forgiveness, we are really asking for the other person to let us back into their hearts. If you've done all the other parts of the apology process, and have a genuine sorrow, the request for forgiveness is a natural next step. But forgiveness can never be demanded, and the response must always be respected, even if it is to withhold forgiveness at this time, or even indefinitely. For the offended person, granting forgiveness can be challenging, especially if the offences are very significant. However, we need to remember that Christ calls us to forgive each other, not just for the offender's sake, but also for our own sake. When we hold on to our own hurt and resentment, we are allowing that wound to eat us alive. It steals our joy and darkens our days. Forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves as much as something we give to the other person. We're Francine and Byron Parola. For more tips and information about relationships, visit smartloving.org and type apology into the search box. The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. That was Byron and Francine Parola with their tips for smart loving. Not a bad one to follow Valentine's Day, hey Dodsey? Yep. Great message as usual from Byron and Francine. They're sought after speakers all over the world in both secular and church settings and it's sensational that we get to hear from them each week on the journey. Faith, hope, love and life. You're on the journey. And now, inspiring you to dream, here's Bruce Downs, The Catholic Guy. Recently I was working in another city and I decided to go for a walk. I love to walk as it makes me feel refreshed, often clears my head and helps me focus on things more clearly and apparently it's also good for me. Well being in a different city when you do take a walk you have to concentrate a little bit on your surroundings as it's unfamiliar territory and you're also going to make sure that you just don't get lost because it's that little bit easier to do. Well I was standing at a set of traffic lights and there was a car wanting to turn left and he was, had about four or five cars behind him. But what he hadn't noticed is that the lights had changed and he was able to move on. 
Well, he didn't, he'd missed it. He must have been doing something else. And all of a sudden, the other cars behind him began to toot their horns and, and beat their horns louder and louder and began to shout, even leaning out their windows, calling out to him. And eventually he saw and he moved. Well, as each of these other cars came by, each of them were clearly angry, upset, and still uh, seething that he had delayed them on their way. You know, in life, there are times when we can overreact, isn't there? To all sorts of situations and situations like this. The reality is, is that when we respond in a negative manner, this does not directly affect those around us only. It also affects us. In this situation, beeping our horn constantly is only gonna aggravate those behind us and make everyone more agitated. In the same way that our negative response to situations can affect those around us, so are our positive responses also affecting others. Today, think about the domino effect that you're having in your life. When you are sad, are you affecting others? When you're happy, are you affecting others? A negative word or a look or action can be enough to change someone else's day for the worse. However, a positive word or a look or an action also has the power to change someone else's day. It's as simple as, what do you think I should do? What do you think is the right way to react? What even would Jesus do right now? Make a decision to be as positive as you can and have a positive domino effect upon the other people in their lives around you as you touch them today. The Catholic guy, Bruce Downs, asking us to consider always, what would Jesus do? Being positive and building people up. Good stuff. Well, that's another week down, Dave, but I'm pretty sure we'll be asked back for another week. Well, I hope so. Thanks for listening into the journey. And again, a big cheerio to all our new listeners around the country. Hi, guys. Especially to listeners in Gippsland, the Illawarra and Albury-Wodonga. Thanks for the great feedback on our Facebook page. And please keep the comments coming. Yeah. Next week on the show, we'll be doing it all again. Great music, interviews and inputs from our absolutely awesome presenters. Oh, yes, Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, Sister Hilda with her wisdom from the Abbey. She'll be back again. Trish McCarthy with Milk and Honey. And of course, the Parolas will keep those smart, loving tips coming as well for great marriages. Thanks for joining us on The Journey. And remember, have, have yourselves a great week. The Journey is produced by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong in cooperation with Pulse 94.1 and edited by Jude Hennessy and Daniel Hopper from the Office of the Bishop. You have been listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey on cradio.org.au. You can listen into The Journey in Wollongong by tuning in to Pulse 94.1 on Sundays from 11am to 12pm or Wednesdays from 10 to 11pm. And you can tune in from anywhere else in the world through the Pulse 94.1 website or streaming on Cradio on Sundays from 8 till 9pm. To find all the episodes of The Journey and for more shows, talks and interviews, visit cradio.org.au.